Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we can manage to jump off topic with. My name's Chris, and we welcome you back to the show. It's been a little bit. I don't think we've recorded in about a month and a half, but uh, I figured this week would be the perfect time to start this up, because uh, we got some big races coming up. So, uh, I'm Chris. I'm, uh, I guess, the uh, host of the show, uh, but I want to introduce you to my co-host, because I'm not doing this alone. Um... Well, I'm doing this alone in my room, but I'm not doing this alone as... You know know what I mean. Uh, First things first, we want to introduce to you... Well, who are we going to pick? Are we going to go pick? Brent, how you doing? Hello, I'm I'm doing good. Um, Working up to... uh... Working up to a big race here. So we're we're closing in on it. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but we'll we'll get into that later. But overall, things are things are going good. And we have Keen. How you doing, Keen? Hey, hey, doing good. Also working up to a big race, so we'll hear a, bit, a little bit about that more as we get into the show. But very excited that the weather's turning. Um, it's making for some nice running days, so I am enjoying that. We are finally uh, not freezing to death every morning or getting, uh, well, kind of. I got hit by a sleet, rain, snow, and a little bit of sunshine within two hours of my run this past weekend. So I guess as much as we want it to be over, I think Ohio's not done with us yet. Well, hopefully. Yeah, this weekend was uh, very interesting, to say the least, with the weather. But we made it through. We got through it. I'm not confident. I'm not confident that there won't be at least one more snow in the future. I just feel it. Just feel it coming in May. It's going to be stupid, and I'm going to be angry about it. Feel it in my bones. (laughs) That's Cleveland for you, though, isn't it? Unfortunately. So is Cleveland the reason, or is the reason actually the snow? Colin. Both. Anyways, as we do with every week, um, yeah, so this is our call to action, I guess. You should, uh, if you like the podcast, if you actually enjoyed listening to episodes of us and enjoyed listening to us talk, share it with your friends. Uh, put it on your story. Let people know that you listen to things while you're running, while you're sitting down, while you're at work, when you're supposed to be working, you're listening to the podcast, and we appreciate it. Uh, tag us in the podcast, or tag us in your story. We, uh, Yeah, we'll reshare them and everything else. But, uh, yeah, leave some nice comments. Next time I'll go through and read one if, uh, if it comes through. But uh, since we don't have Nicole here, I, I figured I should do our regular uh, reminder to drink your water. I have water here. There is water in it. Um, I don't think you can see the inside of this uh, hydro flask, but uh, there is some water in there. And uh, I- I've been following Keen's kind of, uh, it, what do you call it, Keen? What's the, uh, what, what do you call your water bottle? My emotional support water bottle, and I have mine as well, completely filled up, ready to go for the next hour or so. So, 32 ounces, I think that'll get me through. And in my typical fashion, I have no water with me at all. What are you drinking? Yeah, it looks like you had something over there. Uh, Yeah, I have a Dogfish Head Sequench Ale, which is one of my favorites. Love that beer. That's fantastic. Uh, and I will be drinking a beer to start off with, or, I mean, if it wouldn't be beers and miles if I wasn't drinking a beer, and, uh, dang it, I just cut my nails, so it's really hard to open a beer. It sucks. 
so we're drinking today other half stacks on stacks uh southern atmosphere edition uh it's an imperial india pale ale 8.5 percent alcohol by volume uh this is from uh other half uh we stopped at other half uh actually stopped at two locations while i was in uh in brooklyn and uh the fine fine people of uh, both locations treated me pretty well we uh, brought back a bunch of beer so uh, I didn't pour it as well as I should. It was a lot of foam. As uh, Brent's looking at me, very uh, judgmental, uh, judgmentally or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so this is what we're gonna be drinking today. Uh, so we are, as of recording right now, I am about a week out from Boston, and uh, Brent and Keen are a week or two weeks out from uh, their marathons. So uh, let's start it with uh, let's start with Brent. Brent, this is a this is your first marathon, isn't it? It it will be my first marathon. That is that is correct. So well, first, I don't think we've talked about it too much on the podcast. But what led you to actually go into doing your first marathon? Is it something that you wanted to do for a while? Something that you didn't want to do? Uh, how did you get to the decision to make a marathon debut? So I knew at some point that I was going to want to run one. Um, I didn't know how quick I was going to get to it. I was still on the whole um, 5K train. I, I still have the thought in my head that I, I still might have it in my legs to potentially go sub-15 one day. So that was still kind of the focus. Um, but... Uh, at the end of last year, probably going into October, I ran a pretty good um, like time trial 5K. And then for whatever reason after that, I just kind of tapered off of running for a little bit. Like I didn't stop, but I just didn't keep training the way I should have. Um, and then I had a buddy who asked me to go to uh, the Nashville Marathon with him. And... Um, so I went with him, and I, I'm a little bit faster than he is. So he uh, he asked if I wanted to jump in at some point and, and run with him. So I picked him up at, like, mile 15 or so, and I, I ran the last, I think, 11 or so with him. Maybe not the last, like, half mile I dropped off when you were kind of getting towards the finish and stuff. But um, that kind of convinced me that I wanted to run one just because of the atmosphere. So the atmosphere of that was way different than any other race that I've ever run. Even, you know, even stuff in college on the track where you actually have a ton of fans like around the track and stuff just in the stadium. It was, it was crazy to see all of the different runners that either we were passing, they were passing us coming the other direction. Um, just all the random people out on the streets, all the random people that would have music and water and all this other stuff and, and cheering for you, not I have no idea who you are, but they see you out here for, you know, you're going to be out here for a couple hours and, and just cheering you on. And, and, um, it was just exciting. It was, it was a cool vibe. Even though I wasn't racing, I, I was getting pumped up just like listening to these people cheering on the other people that were competing. So, um, I kind of decided that like, all right, this is cool. Like, let's, let's see what, uh, training and, and running one of these things is like. Um, I'm kind of going into it with the thought that I'd always had for a marathon, just like the first one, go get my, go get my toes wet, just try to get my Boston. If I go a little faster, then it's a, it's a bonus on top of that, but just figuring out how this thing works and, um, 
we'll see how we end up liking it. If we if we get our Boston, then we're running at least one more marathon. We'll we'll run Boston next year. If we don't get our Boston, then I'll probably try to go do Columbus at the end of the year just to get it so I can can run Boston once in my life. Um, and if I've decided at that point that the the marathon, the training, and all that stuff isn't quite for me, then we uh we might we might drop it down to half marathons. I've I've done a couple of those, and I, I think that's a, a distance that I feel comfortable in my wheelhouse that I could run well. So, um, so yeah. It's Brent, fine. what would you say is the hardest? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm like that all day. I'm just like talking over people on Zoom meetings. Um, Brent, I was gonna ask you like first time training for a marathon, what are some of your kind of key takeaways that you would tell somebody who's, you know, starting to train or thinking about training for their first marathon? Um, yeah. So I think the first thing would be, um, be patient. Um, so I've, I mean, you could probably spend nine, 10, 11 months training for a marathon just in, in that range. I've, I've done six months. Um, and just like, being anxious kind of in like the buildup, it's like taking it really slow, getting up to like 60, 70 miles took three months, like half of it. So being patient there, um, figuring out what's a comfortable, easy pace for you, because to be fair, especially in like a first marathon, I think a lot of your runs are just going to be easy runs. Um, at least with mine, I haven't done that many workouts. I had like one workout a week for probably the last two months. Um, and it's, it's not anything overly hard. So if you're someone who's been training for 5Ks, 10Ks, um, just getting into the idea of running slower um, is, is something I would take away. Um, I definitely think your shoes are big on marathon training, like having the right pair of, of trainers. Because um, I've worn, prob- I, I mean, I've worn my Kinvaras most of the time, but I've had some other ones I dabbled in with the last six months. And my feet haven't reacted to them quite as well over like longer distances. So, um, that's pretty big. Um, and I think figuring out what you want to do as far as nutrition or just hydration in general is tricky. I think that's still something I haven't quite figured out yet. So I'm, I'm thinking that's something I'm not overly confident in going into Toledo. I have some stuff that I'm bringing, but, um, I mean, I've definitely learned a little bit as, as I've, I've gone on and, kind of figured out how it's easier for me to drink water. It's easier for me to take, uh, gels and jellies and like gummies and stuff. But, um, I, I still think there's some things with me that I could experiment on there as well. Um, and then the long runs, just the, the longest runs that you're going to have. So mine were, I, I did two 20 milers and a 19 miler and just, I'm so used to just constantly running like 655 to 705 pace and for those long runs like trying to keep myself under control to like 710 715 pace so that I knew okay when I got to mile 15 like okay I have I have enough left here that I can finish this confidently and and finish it strong and not be overly dead um because I've I've done a couple long runs where I was pretty pretty exhausted at the end of it um going out a little bit too fast in the first handful of miles and, and it'll get you at the end. So, um, I think that goes back to the whole being patient thing though, is, is you don't have to really push anything as long as you're kind of getting that base down. Um, I think with the marathon more than anything, if you have a very solid base that you'll, you'll probably be in a good, 
in a good situation. Um, but that's for me to be seen still uh, once I run this one. So. so I have two questions for you then. Uh, one would be, I mean, you ran, uh, for those who didn't listen to Brent's episode a while back, uh, Brent ran pretty well in, in college. Is 356, 357 for the 1500, right? 58. Think. All right, 358 right there. 58. I, I 725 guy for uh, for 8K. Um, and so going from running high-intensity workouts when we were in college, I still remember a certain 16-miler 16, 16 where we just crushed it at sub-six pace for quite a while. To doing this, um, how has it been adjusting to workouts where, I guess, from a middle-distance guy, middle distance even i mean let's call 8k middle distance comparatively uh to this point um adjusting to that kind of training um it's different because it's a lot slower so i i think in college i probably trained a little bit faster than i should have but i don't think i it was anything out of the ordinary um i mean most of my runs in college were probably 635 640 pace um and just forcing myself to have days where I'm running six fit or I'm sorry seven fifteen pace now, um, I get antsy with it still. Um, like I just had a run the other day where I just didn't want to take it slow, and I just six forty pace for the entire run. Um, so just figuring that out because I'm so used to running and training at a little bit of a faster pace than I am now. I'm just it. It's almost uncomfortable. So I don't, I, I mean, I'm assuming if it's something that I were to continue pursuing, it'd be, I'd figure it out a little bit more. Um, and just less workouts and the workouts that I did do, um, it was a lot of like two mile repeats at the end of a, like a midweek long run. But all of that stuff is marathon pace. It was all marathon pace stuff. So not really dipping into anything under 620 pace is is kind of weird too when you're used to even when I wasn't in as good a shape in the past two years you know some of my mile repeats I'm running at 535 pace um, to run low 16s so it's it's just really weird for me still and then to like go out and do a repeat at like 630 pace like I don't know why it's so hard for me on repeats to find that pace, but I've, I've like been struggling to hit that pace during workouts too. Like I'm always a little bit fast. Um, so it's just, yeah, I would say it's been tricky. Pacing has been tricky for me and that's a little frustrating because pacing was always something that I was pretty good at in college in terms of workouts and stuff. Maybe not always on like tempo runs, but actual like track workouts, repeats, all that kind of stuff. I could, I could pretty well click into any pace that I needed to run if I was feeling fine and, and knock it out. And so struggling on pace has been a little bit weird for me. Yeah. There's a certain, is it 20 or 30 by 400 that you did at a, in Alabama comes to mind here. <laughs> oh yeah. It was the, yeah. yeah The 20 by 400 at, I think it was like 64s. Like I think I every single one <laughs> clock clockwork. Yeah. So, no, but and I guess the the next thing would be uh, it's it's so interesting to see like we, I mean we ran sixteen milers during college but like to go to the point where like oh like I need to have nutrition now during during these things is something that maybe we found a water fountain in the middle of Tiffin if that <laughs> yeah yeah that's and that's something that I've still been 
I, I'm still trying to figure out because I've done 18 milers and stuff in college without needing nutrition and I've been okay. Um, so I'm still kind of on the fence about, I, I might try to run one in the future without really taking any like goo or anything and just making sure I'm really hydrated before and just hydrating and taking, drinking Gatorade and stuff on the course just to see how that works for me. Um, because I, like I said, I've, I've really struggled with, um, actually like getting the goo down or like even like I've had gummies and stuff like when I'm tired and I'm eating the gummies, I feel like it's slowing me down. Like my jaw's getting tired and it just feels like it's a strain on my whole body. So I'm just wondering if there's, there's gotta be something better for me. I just haven't found it yet. So, um, like I said, maybe, maybe it'll be one where I just give it a go without really taking any of that kind of stuff on the course. And I just have to be extra vigilant about how often I'm hydrating and stuff on the course itself. Um, but there might be a product out there that I just haven't found yet that I can work, work with. So I think a lot of um, us are still trying to figure out. That's been a struggle. Yeah. I think a lot of us are still trying to figure out <laughs> that perfect kind of like, cause I don't really like sweet stuff. Uh, I mean, I do, I, I eat, I guess I eat chocolate or candy or whatever, but like I can't eat too much sweets cause it gives me, a, it gives me a tummy ache. <laughs> and so like, mm. it's one of the things that I always like, it's kind of like before you know you're going to go out drinking with your friends, you kind of have that I kind of feel in the back of your head. It's like, oh, I'm going to have a really bad hangover tomorrow. Or like before a marathon or before a long race, I'm like, I'm going to have a horrible tummy ache after this. Like, I am not going to be able to eat anything because all my my stomach's full of sweet stuff. Uh, but yeah, any... uh, luckily enough, I haven't had any... I was going to say, I haven't had any trouble, like, keeping anything down or nothing's really, like, upset my stomach. But, yeah, it's just, like, I feel like I'm not smooth. I feel like I'm struggling. Like, my body doesn't – I can't figure out how to, like, ingest the stuff properly in, in a way that's not hurting my pace or, or causing me other distresses uh, on my body. So I've, I've figured out how to drink water pretty well. So I think that's going to be a, a positive for me, like drinking water and Gatorade and stuff. I've kind of figured that out. But yeah, just the food, nutrition, however you want to word it, um, has not been the most pleasant trying to figure out that stuff. Keen, you've had you've had a mix of different, uh, I guess, not a, I wouldn't say attempts, but like different kind of play on what you're having on race day or what you're having during races. And uh how, how has that been for you figuring out that journey of like, what is right for you? Yeah, it's really interesting. Cause I also, um, long distance bike too. And when I bike, I prefer like chocolatey, salty, savory things. And when I run, I prefer like more sweet, um, you know, like the banana, the strawberry, the raspberry. Um, I've recently thrown in like a cherry chocolate for running, which I really like. Um, but it's really just been trial and error. And sometimes I'll train an entire season with um, like goose. And then I can't even get the first one down when I start up a new training block. So I'll switch. Um, I've been sticking with cliff a lot lately, um, but I've tried them all. I've done honey stinger. I've done like the maple ones. I've tried one Martin, um, but cliff is kind of where I'm at right now that I'm enjoying but I do think it is like trying what works for you. Um, the gummies get really warm in the summertime. So I, I just can't stick to those for very long. Um, 
And like, I feel like most of the time we're running in hot weather. Uh, but yeah, it, it has been a lot of trial and error um, building up to it. It's part of your training block, I would say. Um, practicing, making sure you're doing it during like your faster paces, not just during your easy runs. And then, you know, I can't drink. I can't take goo and drink like a Gatorade or a noon or whatever it is. I strictly do salt tablets just because it's like too much sugar and flavor in my body. So that's kind of been my sweet spot doing the gels and then doing the the salt tabs on the side to get the, get the sodium and potassium and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just really, it's just really practicing it just like you would your race pace or your easy pace, things like that. Yeah. There seems to be like this, there's some certain flavors that I'm like, regardless of how I feel and the like. So like for me, it's espresso love, like that goo I can take cause I just really like coffee. Uh, but then <laughs> any like some of the stuff, like I tried Martin last year cause like, well, I, I'm, I'm a victim of good marketing. And, uh, I think you can say with the, with the Carlos watch and everything, but like, yeah, I saw Martin and I was like, yeah, everybody's taking Martin. Like I still do the Martin drink beforehand. Cause I feel like I do get the calories out of that. But like I tried to do Martin during my Boston last year and at a certain point where it just didn't really go well. Like I try to take more Martin, like a Martin uh, gel and it just like, I struggle to take it down. So I'm really happy that there wasn't any kind of cameras there. Cause you just see like this, this, uh, this poor young man that's, uh, that's just gagging on like a, a Martin gel, uh, as he crosses <laughs> about 20 miles. Uh, it wasn't pretty at all. Um, yeah, I, there, I mean, yeah. it's been, it's been tough to figure out what exactly I like. Yeah. The Martin's a different texture. It's a little bit different to get down. I would say. Yeah. I think we've used very, yeah, it was uh, a, a sh- <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's different. <laughs> I was going to say that was a struggle I had with, with goo the first time. Cause I had never, I had never tried it up until a couple months ago. And the first time I tried one, like I, I tried to, I don't remember which one it was, but I tried a fruitier one and I was like gagging on it. Cause it was just so thick. And I was like, I, mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this, but then in my training now, like, I've just been drinking water with it, and I've been able to get yeah. it down much easier, but it's still not, like, it's still not ideal in my mind. Like I said, I, I, there's got to be something better for me, but, and like yeah. Keen mentioned with, like, the gummies, like, uh, some of the time, uh, like, the one long run I did, it was, like, 65 out, and I had them in my back pocket, and they were, like, warm and kind of gross, and then I've also had them in my back pocket when it was... 30 degrees outside and they're like rock hard and it's like I feel like you just have to have like the perfect perfect consistency with those for those to be all that viable as well yeah and and I'd say uh it's a it's a bit of a tough thing there I've never had blocks at all or like gummies until Keen gave me cherry because she knows I love cherries so I actually that helped me survive a couple long runs. I think it's helped me survive the long run with you, Brent. After we had a whole night of uh, shenanigans and drinking, uh, I kind of needed that, or else I was going to die on uh, die on Valhalla. But uh, we actually had a question from. Hey, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, did you, wasn't that like a sixteen or eighteen miler you had, or maybe twenty? You like showed up at my house and you're like, I don't have anything. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was not. Pretty. I'm like digging stuff out of the pantry. I'm like, what do you need? What flavors do you like? Like, here's water. <laughs> Something, because I'm gonna die here. <laughs> uh, 
Well, Nicole had a bunch of questions throughout the entire podcast, but some of them actually fit in within the episode. So Nicole's actually making her presence felt. So uh, her question was, um, what flavor of gel has been the worst you've tried so far? Um, honestly, I've only tried like four and the one I've liked the least, uh, for the goo was, uh, the strawberry banana one. I thought I was going to like that one, but that one was the, I don't know. That's like a flavor that I would normally get for like, uh, smoothies and stuff, but it was just not, I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, on the con, on the other side of the, of it. Um, the lemonade one has been my favorite and I don't know just because I've been drinking it like with the water that it just is, is actually like lemonade. So I've, I've been able to get that one down the best, I think. It's a bit of a hack there. Also, we get along pretty well cause we both hate the same flavor. I hate strawberry banana. Like I have, uh, uh I have like, it gives me the heebie jeebies thinking about it. I ran a seven, it was like, I think it was 70 degrees out. And I decided I was like on my long run was like, all right, I'm going to test nutrition during this long run. And I just remember it's like, it's cause it's, it's, I mean, strawberry banana smoothie, but it's like, it's a warm strawberry banana smoothie. And that's awful. Yeah. It was, it and was like a thick one. Oh, it was not great. It's, it was one of the worst experiences of, it's of like, like my running. It's like eating a mushed up banana with a little bit of strawberry flavor in it, but it's warm and it's not all that banana and strawberry flavored. Yeah, it's not. I love the banana and strawberry one. So you guys oh. can just give those to me. <laughs> hey, hey uh, I got a message for you. Uh, just it's specifically you, Goo, uh, Google Labs. I think it's what you guys go by. Uh, if you could just make the consistency not as like viscous and, and thick, that'd be great. Like, I think I could actually like, take like actually like actually take these like that's i can't do it otherwise like i i gotta really enjoy like salted caramel's been fine uh espresso love it's been fine marshmallow because like if they did a uh now if they did a like a campfire marshmallow like i'd be pretty cool with mm. that i'm pretty cool with that have you guys was... tried the well not brent because i don't think you've had very many flavors but the tastefully nude I have not tried it either. I'm sure Nicole has. <laughs> I, say, I think I think I've only tried fruity ones. Uh, I have like a mint chocolate one that I'm like debating on trying, but I was like, I, I don't know, something about like chocolatey stuff just didn't sound appealing. I, I felt like the sugariness of something sounded better to me for during a run than eating chocolates. So yeah, I'd fuck I with really the mint, that mint chocolate. Yet. I'd fuck with them in chocolate. I might, I might try to pull one out of there. And then you're gonna hear like post Boston, don't try anything new because I fucked up and I had mint chocolate and I thought I was eating toothpaste and I'm and sad. <laughs> they have a spearmint one too. I got it in one of my, I want to say it was my Boston bag. There was like a spearmint cliff or something, gel. I didn't try it. I just threw it away. I was going to say, if they were just easier to drink, it would be so much better. And I, I get they probably have to be thick to get, like, the vitamins and nutrients and stuff in it. But I was thinking about it, like, have you guys ever had, I, I guess technically it's a candy. They're called, like, nickel nips. They're those, uh, like, wax little bottles that just have, yeah, like, yeah, flavorful yeah. juice in them. You, you just bite the wax, like, top off and you can yeah. drink it out of there. If, if running nutrition was like that, it would be fantastic. 
Like, all right, just give me a little bit of like caffeine and a little bit of whatever you can put in a small amount of liquid versus this thick goo that's now warm because it's been sitting on my back for yeah. Now, uh, 45 minutes, an hour and a half. Now, I got a, I got a uh, question for you guys, and I'm probably going to put it on the uh, on the Instagram story, too. Uh, create a horrible goo flavor. I got one already in my mind, and it's like a menthol or Swisher Sweet goo, and just that'd be my worst flavor that you can come up with. Or is it like fucked up flavor? Like Marlboro Lights, Swisher Sweet, or Swisher Sweet kind of... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a handful of, I have a handful of thoughts that aren't like to that because I feel like that's just like gross. That's a flavor that I just wouldn't like ever. But I'm trying to think of like a flavor that like maybe I would normally like eating something, but like if I had to have it as like a goo pack, it'd be gross. And I'm thinking something like meatball sub would be pretty terrible. (laughs) Like something like pasta saucy would be pretty horrible, or like buffalo chicken wing. Or barbecue wing or something like some sort Matt. of just sauce ketchup like flavor buffalo, maybe buffalo chicken buffalo or something yeah like ketchup or mustard would be pretty or, or like mayonnaise goo would be pretty pretty horrific no 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 it's like uh, Madison's uh, sponsors a goo <laughs> yeah just <laughs> I think yeah, I was trying one... to think of like stuff like okay it would be sorry go ahead. There was like a shit posting uh, Instagram account that made one for like goo hot dog water, that kind of thing. Caden, oh, you got to throw one out. Yeah, pretty bad. I was gonna. The first thing that came to my mind was like a carrot type flavor of some sort because I do love carrots, but I can't imagine like eating it in a gel. And then I thought, well, maybe carrot cake might be good. Carrot um, cake but I did would do some great. Google googling of all the gel flavors that they or the goo gel flavors they have there's a peanut butter one cucumber mint those sound awful to me i don't know cucumber mint is a weird combination i was actually thinking like i've had like cucumber flavored drinks before that are okay like gatorade had a like a cucumber one that was fine and it's just like a watery flavor so like i i think that one i think that one might be okay if it was just cucumber but yeah. cucumber mint is that's a weird combination. Yeah, they have a lot of like interesting ones on here. Um, but those probably are the two that if they've created I don't want. And then yeah, carrot cake good might might be good. I don't know. I don't know. On the fence I'd, about it. I'd mess around with, with the carrot cake, uh yeah. carrot cake one. Like a little awesome. cinnamon vanilla action. Yeah, because like, yeah, I was thinking more of like carrot baby food would be gross, but then I started oof. thinking like, well, we can make this good, can make yeah. this like a carrot cake flavor. It's a uh, there's. I didn't know about the lemonade one though, Brent. I'm like very interested in this. Do you do the rock team? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I've I've literally just done goo packets. Okay, the, the rock. Well, the rock team is the one that has like more sodium in it. It has oh, like okay. silver oh, on yeah, the. It's silver and it's like a little bit bigger. That's actually like yeah. that's that's a pretty yeah, interesting uh, like concept that like I wasn't thinking too much about like if there's like some of the sweeter flavors making sure that as soon as you take it out like you switch it with water and it's like okay cool it's like kind of like a like a lemonade or something like that. It was that was yeah it was by far the easiest like I did that one the the triberry the pomegranate I think blueberry pomegranate I don't remember what the exact but it's something pomegranate but 
all of them were significantly better with water. It was easier to swallow and it wasn't like gross, like just a little bit in your mouth, take a swig of water and I could get it down fairly easily. Um, still so not it sounds as like easy you as have I the rock, wanted. You sound like you have the rock tin ones. Those are like thicker okay. and they make you really thirsty. <laughs> oh, maybe. But, but you know what? When you, when you take it, you can put this on. Put we're gonna Gucci get copyrighted. <laughs> I think you can put it on for a quick second and you won't get fucked up. I, because I, I keep hearing oh, okay, people okay. use these songs and I'm like, I think it'd be long as you don't do it 15 seconds, you're fine. And uh, you got a little bit yeah. of taste of Gucci, uh, as long as this actually. Still you know gets what worse. they need to make, as far as flavors though, like a Dr Pepper flavored one or like a Mountain Dew flavored one. I think would be like, if you already flavored it as like a drink, maybe that's why the lemonade one is so good. But yeah. I am not a uh, Mountain Dew guy. Like it, I'm gonna get a lot of hate on it, and you can send it. You can send it to beersandmiles at gmail.com. That's beersandmiles at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit send the hate there. I don't like. I, I'm not a big fan of Mountain Dew, uh, and I, I I don't I don't understand the uh, the uh, um, the love and the fanatical like just craziness that has with uh, the Taco Bell flavor of uh, Mountain Dew. I don't think it's that good. Oh no, that that one's gross. The the Baja Blast one is gross, but people are going to come in your DMs like with a that. Change of, I don't care. They're wrong. They're you're wrong. That's whatever. <laughs> um, but now Mountain Dew is like a change of flavor pop for me. Like I'll I'll drink a Mountain Dew every once in a while. Like oh okay, I have a craving for it, but it's not something that I normally go buy like a twelve pack of Mountain Dew and have them sitting in my refrigerator. Like Mountain Dew doesn't even have like caffeine in it. It's just absurdly sugary. That's tummy cake and a can. Keen, you have the same race coming up. I do have the same race coming up. So you've like okay, so we've been working together <clears throat> since twenty twenty. Yes, it was like right after that Blue Jackets five k. So like I think February. Really? So this is the because like typically. Are like the builds are go by swimmingly. Everything, every little, uh, everything goes pretty much goes to plan. Uh, this wasn't the case on this one. This has been a little bit of an no, interesting one. It's been a, it's been a rough, been a rough go. Um, I came back from um, wine class feeling really, really strong. Like my easy runs, I was keeping controlled. They just felt like so easy. Like didn't feel like I was even running. My workouts, I was like crushing, like just felt super easy to run 6.30, 6.45. Like that's not normal for me. Um, and then I got COVID and took a week off. I remember my last workout I did on Saturday. Um, and when I finished, I was like coughing up a storm and I was like, huh, this is odd. But I kind of always have like a slight cough. Um, and then obviously tested positive later. Um, and figured, yep, that was what it was, but I still did really well in that workout. And then I just went downhill like the rest of the week. Um, and then coming back, I took the entire week off coming back. We just did easy miles on the treadmill. And then, um, I went down to Tybee, like right after that felt pretty good, um, was running outside and it was warm. So my lungs weren't like too, too impacted by that. Um, and then when I came back, I did, I did pretty well down in Tybee. I remember finishing 
the half marathon and feeling like my lungs were pretty exhausted and I was pretty tired. Um, and then coming back from Tybee, trying to get back into running outside was just not happening for me. Um, and treadmill workouts were not happening for me. So I took, you know, a couple weeks of running on the treadmill, running outside, back and forth, getting super exhausted by like, I just want to run outside. I'm one of the people that doesn't mind outdoor running in the winter. Like I love being able to like go outside and get fresh air and, you know, it's so quiet out there and nobody's out. Um, it's, it's very like soothing to me. Um, but that was not the case this winter. I hated being outside. I couldn't breathe. Um, and I just like never really got back into the swing of things. Um, and I had a calf flare up, um, pretty much like right after Tybee, like it kind of started bothering me, would go away for a little bit, come back. Um, I was seeing Christina Murphy from Murphy Chiropractic. Um, you know, every month I would go like twice and then I'd be good. But this like last month has just been just painful. Like I'll do a, it doesn't hurt when I'm doing like hard workouts. And I don't know if it's cause I'm like tuning out the fact that like my leg hurts or if it's truly like the muscles that I'm using while I'm doing harder runs. Um, but the next couple of days are, it's just sore and frustrating. And, you know, when you do an easy run, you like don't want to feel any pain. Like, and that's like part of the joy of doing your easy runs. It's like an easy pace. You can look around, you're with friends, but when you're constantly sore and have an ache, it, it's not fun. And you just like want it to be over. Um, so it's been tough. Um, I haven't been injured since like 20 spring of 2019, I think. Um, and attributed that a lot to running easy and keeping my slow paces slow. And, um, my body just, everything, just my calf is just super flared up. So just trying to stay healthy, you know, taking it day by day with Chris, like, Hey, this is how I feel today. This is how I feel after the workout. Um, and taking a couple last week, we took two rest days instead of one, just to kind of give my leg some extra rest time. But yeah, it has not been smooth sailing. Like I think we've had in the past as we're working together. Um, you know, every week it was like, what's next? Give me more. And then it's like, Oh Lord, don't give me more. <laughs> um, but I think it's, it's, I'm in a good place. I just need to get the rest on the calf after, um, and, you know, get back to get back to healthy for, for the fall. So, um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, it, I'm excited for some time off. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that ends up happening. Like, uh, I, I was pulling up messages and like, I just get a message from you, like random Wednesday, early March and saying, I am so out of shape. I'm like, yeah, what's What? You, you're fine. <laughs> but like aerobically, <laughs> you've been, uh, you got back into the swing of things. And I think it took, I mean, going from COVID to going into a pretty long race and then going from that, like, I mean, even the winter, like you could have, you could not even be sick, but like the winter does tend to take it out of you. Um, but like aerobically and just like, even from the workouts that you've been doing, it's been pretty strong session, uh, even with the ups and downs and considering that you got COVID in the middle of it, it's been pretty good. Uh, but it, I think a lot of these things do tend to happen. It's uh, there's a, um, there's, 
kind of it's like getting there or it's it's a being fit but also half the challenge is getting there healthy uh and most people don't it's always trying to run that fine line of it um but also it's it's also shows a little bit of the character of who you are as a runner uh and being able to understand that it's not perfect um like i think build-ups rarely go perfectly um you've had i think four build-ups have gone almost perfectly to plan which has been super cool (laughs) to see but it's like for the most part like i think most build-ups don't like i've had flare-ups in pretty much every build-up that i've had um and it's and it's uh i think it's that's the one thing where it's like it's the same thing as being in a race where like you can't let these things shake you um because it is i mean it, what's funny you're saying that your easy runs are your favorite days i'm like my easy runs i hate them my friday easy run is the worst <laughs> run of my entire week because at that point i'm like i'm just kind of a little tired uh my muscles are a little sore i don't enjoy it it's the worst run of my week. like i've just generally a, a six mile run on a friday is significantly harder for me than a 16 mile run the next day yeah i'm, I'm with you on that too like the Sometimes those easy runs are like just such a drag and then you go out and do your long run the next day and you, it's just like flying by or whatever it is. Like even sometimes on workout days, like I start and I feel so good and I'm like, is it because I'm in the mindset of like the toughness that I have to put up with for this workout? And then I'm in my easy run mentality where I'm like, oh, it's going to be so easy. And then it's like not and you're, I don't know. It's so odd. Sometimes like my workout warmups feel easier than like an easy run on a Tuesday or Thursday. Um, but, it's like yeah, you're, you're warming up for like a little mini race. <laughs> yeah. And you're like kind of excited. You've got some adrenaline, like. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, as far as like, what do you, and any lessons that you take away from this session coming into, uh, into Toledo? Any lessons this session you said? Uh, any lessons that you take away from this uh, buildup uh, coming into Toledo? Um, I would say like, I think ment- this has been really mentally tough for me um, over like any other buildup I've had, um, you know, like with COVID and then, you know, thinking like you might have like long COVID and then, you know, getting an injury and um I've, I've been able to go out, like, like you said, Chris, I've been, I'm going out and I'm performing on those fast days. I'm doing, you know, I just had like my hardest long run, um, a couple weeks ago and I was able to, you know, turn over some good miles. I had my fastest finish mile that I've had. Um, so at this point for me, it's like, I need to get myself in a mindset of like, I can do this. And just because you've had setbacks and like, it hasn't been perfect, you can still go out and PR like you're there. You have, you have all of the tools under your belt. Um, my last race was execute executed like very well. Best race I've ran. It was negative split. I've never done that other than my 50 K, but I've never done it in like a real race. Um, so it's just, for me, the lesson learned is, you know, get out of my own way and, you know, you have times that prove that you can do this. And if it's going back and looking at those, those Strava workouts or whatever, but I just need to like figure out how to get myself in a better place mentally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, 
I think that's probably the hardest thing, especially when things don't go perfectly. And I think if you do, if things that's the build ups go perfectly, you come in with that confidence. Uh, but then there's some of those key workouts that you hit that are, you know, heck, uh, you wouldn't be able to do that if you weren't fit. <laughs> but it's uh, I think we do tend to get in our, in our way. It's like oh, it didn't go perfect. I like kind of have like a little bit of a pain, or like I I don't feel great, or I don't feel like exactly what I wish this day would be like, and it's just gonna happen like that. Um, but I mean, it's uh, I think I had that conversation with with Zach recently, where it's like we've never really had a perfect day, a perfect marathon, <laughs> and races in in general typically don't go perfectly, which is great because it's always something to improve on. But it's like, yeah, it's. Uh, being able to be able to roll with the punches and adapt, um, and that's what makes a good runner. As I think, uh, I was. Uh, it's a the when it doesn't go right, it typically that, that's what you're gonna see the actual character of the runner themselves. Like, will they be able to step up to the plate, or will they be able to say, you know, this is not great, so I'm just gonna phone it in, take it, take it the easy way out. Um, because even if you have your perfect day, there's still going to be a lot of last four miles of a marathon that's going to be awful, regardless of how you feel. Because <laughs> 21... There's, yeah. there's so much, so much mentally that could go go wrong in running. You know, you could have have one off day mentally and it could, it could start an avalanche for two weeks of just garbage because you're in the wrong mindset for a little bit. And um, I, I think that's why... I, I saw a thing yes uh, the other day where somebody like tweeted out about how like if you're looking forward to the taper into a race like you're doing it wrong you should just be looking forward to the race and I I thought that was crap because like I think at a certain point when you're doing your high mileage or your highest mileage and you're really like beating your body down like the taper is a hundred percent something to look forward to because it's like okay like. I'm going to start easing into this thing and then I'm going to start feeling better and, and then I'm going to have a good race. Like, I, I don't know the the taper for me is like a reset mentally sometimes. Like it was in college to be like, okay, I'm running 80, 85 miles a week. And like, Oh, next week I only have to do 68 miles or I have to do 72 miles, like 15 miles less than I did. Like that sounds so nice right now. And it's just like a little mental spark for you. That's like, okay, this is, this is good. But yeah, any any little mental hiccup that you can have, uh, and especially if you string together a couple bad ones, even if you're not in the wrong mind mindset, it, it can get get to that point real quick, and it is hard to come back from a bad mindset sometimes. I also yeah. think like during during taper, people start to say like, "Oh, I have the taper crazies," and like, "I need to be running all this mileage." And I think during taper, you should like change your focus and think of like do things that other things other than running that bring you joy. Like if it's doing a yoga class or if it's going for a walk or if it's, you know, reading a book, like you're going to have some extra time. So like find other hobbies and like embrace those while you're, while you have a little bit of downtime and like give your body and your mind just like a reset to do something different and be excited about. Um, like there's hundreds of hobbies out there and it doesn't always have to be about running. Um, so I think like having that, downtime even before and after the marathon i think it's it's good to just like mentally reset and you know find something else that that brings you joy and you shouldn't even be going that like chris and i have talked about this like you shouldn't be going like that stir crazy during your taper like 
I, I forget like the exact wording you use, Chris, when we chatted about it, but like, it's not like a complete cutoff of like, we're not running for two weeks. Like it's a slow simmer down. Um, but it does, it gives you a couple hours back in your week and time to sleep in and time to have dinner with a friend or something. Yeah. I didn't think about it too much. And <clears throat> like, I've always wondered for a long time, like why people get taper crazies. And I'm like, that sounds that, that sounds crazy to me, because like, for me it's I, I so I look at the last especially the last month of my training block. So I, I consider the last three weeks just taper. Uh, so once I get to the third, once I get to three weeks out of my marathon, basically the job's done. Like I've done everything that I could do at that point to like increase fitness for myself. So that month be prior to that is like that's the most intense set part of my session so about four to six weeks i see it as i have um so i see it as like i have two workouts a week i don't count any of my easy days because it's, it's just running uh, so i see it as if it's six weeks i have 12 sessions that i need to hit just 12 more to go i finish one out 11 more to go cool 11 more days of intensity that i need to hit and then we're done and then for the last three weeks i see it as like so I think what a lot of people say is like, well, it's three weeks of just easy running. Like I'm just so used to like, and I think you put it perfectly in saying the time that people don't that time getting that time back. I didn't see it that way until like you mentioned that. I'm like, okay, I can get that. Like that's a lot of time that people are used to just dedicating to something that they've been doing for a couple months. So I could understand where it gets a little bit of the anxiety of it. But I think if you shift your focus to like, all right, so the purpose of these next three weeks are to really fine tune these things. Um, and you're not gonna be, you shouldn't be going from like, let's say 90 miles a week to like 30 for the next three weeks. Like that sound, that is a recipe for disaster. Um, but like you slowly taper it down, just little by little getting back to it. But you also add a little bit of the marathon pace and get people, get that muscle memory ready to go uh, so you, every workout there's a reason for it and now at this point you've already done all the things that get you in better fitness now it's let's get you ready to be able to perform on race day with a little bit of like just fine-tuning everything that you need to get uh because i mean you, the the race can be lost in your first three miles you can't win a marathon in your first three miles but you definitely lose it so i see the last three weeks is like that's what's going to teach you how to be able to run that first three to five miles and not be um, not get overly excited. And I think that's probably my hardest thing. It's mentally, like, me running less miles, I'm pretty happy about it. Actually, I think I'm actually running the long, the highest mile mile mileage, like a week out from Boston. I think I hit 64 or something off uh, six days last week. I've never done that. I've never I've never hit, like, like uh, um, a much of my mileage about, like, a week, after, week out. And I think it just came with the race that I ran earlier this year. Um, but I think the hardest thing for me now is, uh, when you get to that peak fitness three weeks out and you have workouts that are supposed to be focused on trying to just lock down that marathon pace. And you're like, I feel great. I'm in the shape of my life and holding back because, uh, I think you could definitely lose some of your race day by like taking advantage of the fitness that you have when it's not supposed to be that point. Yeah, I'm with you. I've I've seen people do that where they, you know, they'll be like, oh, I felt so good. So I went 30 seconds faster than I should have. And it's like, 
that wasn't the point of the workout. The workout's point was to practice your marathon pace or Chris, I know we've practiced starting marathon pace. Um, there's a purpose for every workout and you need to remain controlled in those workouts, regardless of how you feel. And then that way you can feel, if you feel amazing and you're, you have a three mile marathon pace workout, that's probably how the first three miles of your marathon are going to feel like you need to be able to like rein it in and hold back. Um, that's almost like one of the hardest parts. Those first three miles, it's so exciting. Um, and you're like, holy crap, I feel good. Like you've got a long way to go. (laughs) Everybody feels good for three. Everybody feels good for 15. Everybody feels like they're on their race pace and they're going to hit their time at 13 to 15. Uh, but you're not going to feel like that at 18 to 22. Uh, and I, I, we even see it with some, uh, some elites too. Like we saw one guy that was like, the guy's probably in shape to run 212 or 214, but like he posted on, he posted me on a message board saying like, Hey, can you like evaluate my training? And like, I was talking to someone about it. It's like, yeah, you ran a, it was a crazy, crazy hard workout. I think he threw like a 440 mile in the middle of it. And it's like, you left that on, you like, you left your race in that workout. Like you negative like there's nothing that can there's nothing fitness wise that you can do to uh to benefit that marathon I, like if I, if I, if I don't think there's anything fitness wise you can benefit your marathon in the last three weeks but there's a lot of things you can do to lose your marathon in the last three weeks and both of it's both on, yeah, the, on the workout the, side the taper and, and... for me good I, I was going to just say that the taper for me is just, you know, making sure that you're going into it healthy, too. Like, you, you should start feeling good in those last three weeks. But you're you're saving that feeling for the actual race day, like the actual race that you're training for. And, like, those three weeks of cutting down your miles is less pounding on your legs and all that stuff. And it gives you more time to stretch, ice, recover, however you need to in those three weeks to get your legs feeling as good as possible going into that race like like chris said you know all the work is done up to that point nothing you do usually at least two weeks up before a race like nothing you do in two weeks leading up to a race is going to help you in that specific race it might help you in another race two weeks after that but if you're training for a specific race those last two weeks are just making sure that you're healthy making sure that you're recovered and making sure that you feel as good as physically possible going into it so um, if you're doing anything crazy in the last three weeks, uh, you're you're doing something wrong. Yeah, it reminds me of track a lot, where it's like it's all sharpening. It's like especially with like fifteen hundred, like you just do a lot of like really high intensity in the last like two weeks heading into your big race. It's like cool. Let's get used to this. Like, all right, now we're gonna sharpen this out. We're gonna know how exactly we're gonna go out. We're gonna be ready to go and get locked into that pace. And uh, yeah, I, that's how I see taper and. I think uh, if you're freaking out during your taper, um, if you're just freaking out over in general and you're already loading your excuse gun, I think it's a sign for next your next block that you... I, I, I mean, I can't say in two weeks that you're going to be able to fix yourself mentally, uh, like your mental preparation coming to it, but like, I think I saw something like the Boston Marathon groups and all the marathon groups on Facebook, if you get overwhelmed about these things, don't go on those because they're, they're going to freak you out even more. <laughs> um, but it's it, it's a uh, yeah I, I think uh, it's something to, to consider. It's like you have a training program. If you do have a training program, you've gotten to this point. You've worked really hard. 
So trust in the training, trust in everything that you've done so far, because everything that you could do leading up to that, like that marathon, if you're freaking out, like it's how you choke. <laughs> like don't don't let up those excuses already, uh, because you've already gotten to this point. You've got the easy part is the last three weeks. You've already gotten to the hardest part. It's a victory lap. <laughs> um, it's all the celebration too. They say your marathon's a celebration, not the, not the stressful part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I, it goes back to uh, the. That we asked we asked Dry that question in the the RIP pod that we that didn't record, but he. I mean, we asked him about like what like. Izzy was like more excited about track and more excited about marathoning. He's like that marathons were like the attention's there and like there's so many crowds and it's like yeah, enjoy it. That's so much fun. Like that's so cool to be able to actually have that experience and be able to be on get to the okay, get to the race line healthy. That's a challenge in itself. I mean we've had even pros pull out of Boston just recently just from injuries. Bekele pulled out, Sarah Hall pulled out, like. It happens at the highest levels of our sport. The challenge, half the challenge is getting there healthy. You've gotten there healthy. You shouldn't be out the, you don't have to worry about these things anymore. Enjoy it. That's your day. <laughs> yeah, running, running is such a physical sport. You don't need to uh, add, add the unnecessary stuff onto it that uh, isn't, isn't planned. You're, you're already probably pretty likely in any given season to run into some sort of injury problem. Like, like you said earlier, if you get through a season uninjured, it's almost like a miracle season, uh, especially for something like a marathon when you're doing such high mileage and like the intensity might not be all that aggressive, but that just the high mileage, like you, I mean, your body has to adapt to that. And if you've never done it before or your, your body's not used to those sorts of things. So, I mean, you're putting it through all sorts of stressors that the, the normal person's body isn't going to go through. So why add more to it that, that you don't need to, to put it over the top? And I'd say this, even when I was in college, like I knew there was a bunch of guys that were a lot more fit than I was, but like half the battle is how fit you are on that day, but half the battle is also how mentally strong you're on that day. So like I knew my competition and I knew that, there's certain people that if I put a hard move on them when the racing got tough, I don't care how good shape they are. I don't care if their PR is going to be 30 seconds faster than me on a cross-country course. Like, if I put a hard move on you, like, I know that you're we, you're weaker than I am mentally. And I just need to hold on a little bit more. And I can, I can, uh, I can, it's essentially like playing poker and just, like, bluff my way through that last, like, those 30 seconds. Because if you're feeling not feeling great and you're not as strong mentally as I am, and I put in that surge, uh, well, I'm going to bet that you're going to crack. And you're going to just phone it in. And so half the battle is that mental spot. And uh, as far as like competition-wise, it's something that I use pretty consistently. I knew the guys that weren't that strong mentally, and I knew the guys that I needed to do. Like if I, was, if I happened to have a really good day, and they were kind of on our off game, then I knew exactly what I needed to do then. And uh, it's speaking on that, I'm going to open up a beer that's pretty much uh, par for the course because I think a lot of people would call me a bit of a hater for this. So I'm, uh, I'm calling this. I'm, I'm opening up a haterade uh, from Finback. This is sour. Um, it's a sour ale, and it's a collaboration with J. Wakefield Brewing. This is with, uh, I got this from Justin Frick, and it's going to be bright, bright red. Look at this. 
Holy crap. I hope it doesn't get on the carpet because it's going to stay my it carpet. Looks like, it looks like fruit punch. Yeah. It's Haterade. Yeah, because a lot of people, were, like the last couple statements that I've been saying, people were like, well, that's, that's you talking shit. No, it's it, it's racing. Like, Brent, you had the same thing with some people like no, racing. It's, it's so true. There's there's guys that you knew that like, okay, this guy is he's as good as me, maybe he's a little bit better than me, but if I'm running on him and I pass him and I'm kind of aggressive about it, if I don't just like, you know, slowly take my time, if I put in a hard surge here for a hundred meters, he's done. He's not gonna react to me, he's gonna let me go and, and that's fine. I, I have him beat, I don't gotta worry about him the rest of the race. Um Yeah, it there's there's definitely it's it's sometimes especially if somebody is like struggling a little bit in a race already um you know they could still be running good but if if you're feeling like a little bit uh like you're starting to wear down and and someone just comes hauling past you sometimes it's just such a a mental kick in the nuts that it's just like oh crap like all right this guy just blew by me is someone else coming right behind him like is am i going to get passed by like six guys now or is it just and and it can be such a, a devastating thing to get passed by someone who's just hauling past you at especially late in a race. You know, if it's early, that's fine, whatever. But yeah, like you're five k, you're in the last mile, and someone just zips right on by you. It's like, oh crap! Like this is, that's not good. But yeah, I, I agree. There were there were guys that I knew that if I was racing against them and I put a hard move on them, they they weren't going to react or. If I was ahead of them at a certain point, like I didn't have to worry about them anymore. It's just, just the the name of the game. And you don't have to be a competitive runner to have that kind of attitude either. Sometimes you just need to have a. Uh, it's kind of like the the fake it till you make it, uh, and that, that's especially at mile eighteen. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Smile, enjoy it, look like you're enjoying it, uh, because if uh, if you get if you if I pass somebody and I like see it in their face, they're struggling. That gives me hyped up. Like, Keen, you've done you've done some pretty great se- second half of these uh, like uh, marathons. Like, like passing by people as they're blowing up is like a uh, that is a that's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a hype up too. It's like you almost feel like you're like hunting these people down while you're in the race. Like, all right, going after this next one. And when you like pace yourself and you start a little bit slower you just naturally get to do that and it's just so awesome just rolling past people especially for you boston people keen's running long enough at this point where like she knows that like so many people go out so hard at boston and that second half is it's if you feel good like that's the time to feel great like 18 to 22 and you're just like seeing people blow up because like they just went i mean and everybody goes out hard for a marathon like like or like everybody that's not running it as they should will go out. they'll always have people that run out hard um i remember i think i went out in like 550 for my first mile for boston this past year and i had people blowing by me like like dozens of people just blowing by me i'm like cool okay whatever <laughs> um but also with that it's like it's the same thing as just being mentally prepared and just being confident in yourself and not getting shaken up. But- I would say that's one of the things that I've, I've in, in watching marathons, like just watching them on TV, maybe not like the Olympic marathons, but like when I've watched Boston in the past or just some of the other major marathons, there's always like one or two guys that just go out 
crazy. And it's like, all right, they're going out in 206 pace, and they're like 214 guys. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you think that your your training has put you into to 206 range or something, but, like, man, I feel like that's just such a bold strategy in a marathon to get out really hard in the first half. Like, in a 5K, maybe, you, you, can, you can get out super hard and, and like, hang on. But boy, I, I cannot imagine having to try to hang on for like eight miles, like getting through mile number 18 and just being like, I am dead, but but I have to try to hang on here now. It's like people are starting to pass you. It just I, I just always want to know what's in like those people's minds. They get out like super hard in the marathon. People aren't patient. People aren't patient. <laughs> uh, and... I think the the if you're not a patient person, I think the probably the worst marathon you want to run is probably Columbus because it is hyped as fuck. You have fireworks that come out when you first start. It's like if if you get overwhelmed or you get too hyped up about these things, like yeah, like you're gonna go out like a bad hell. Um, Thunderstruck is blaring like they're doing it up at that. Yeah, start they line. do. That's one of my favorite start lines of like all races I've done. That's for sure. Um, but I guess I can give some updates on my end. I have uh, I have Boston in about a week. Uh, by this time next week, I will be uh, seeing karaoke. And uh, probably more beers than I should have already in me at this point. Um, my build-up has actually been probably the best build-up that I've had so far. Um, I've had... I, I think it, it couldn't get... It's a weird buildup because it's not your typical marathon buildup. I think the highest I got in this session was maybe 70 or 80, if that. I don't know. I don't really think I did. Um, but it involved... I don't think... Uh, I think I can say for certain that there's not many people that are... That I was running against... that Or that I will be running against. I think Okay, so the highest that I got was 75.09. And that was in February 28th. Um... But I can probably say this for certain that like nobody that I'm racing against at Boston probably did both like indoor and outdoor races. Um, I ran a indoor 3K. I ran an indoor mile. I ran an outdoor mile. I ran the NYC half, and then I'm doing Boston. Um, so I've, I've PR'd in basically every event that I've wanted to do. So I've I PR'd in the I PR'd in the indoor 3K, ran I think 849 there, got lapped by Nick Simmons and crew, uh, and then I ran a week later, ran went back to my old hometown or uh, my old college town, and I ran 426 for an open uh, open mile uh, with the worst tactics I've ever had in my life. Uh, then from there I went to California. Uh, I took advantage of being home for my my grandmother's 90th birthday. And I ran 840.1. So I barely missed out on breaking eight, uh, eight, 840. Uh, and then from there, I, I got up to uh, I ran NYC half. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing showing for myself. Uh, I, well, I mean, at this point, when I look at where I place, I think it's a, it was a good day. Uh, I ran 69.22, had a new PR over a tough uh, NYC course. Uh, hilly, a little bit of wind. Uh, it was really tough. Um, but 
overall, it's been uh, it's been a good good a good time. I uh, the cool thing was being able to adapt with these shorter races, and uh, I, I really do thank Zach for that. Like going and doing, let's say, like the workouts that I did after the races were really interesting because I did an indoor mile or, or an indoor three k, and after that we did um, I think three by mile uh, at at half marathon pace. Then at the mile that I ran at Tiffin, I did a four miles a four mile tempo starting at um, starting at marathon pace, moving down to the half marathon pace. And then after my uh, after my three k, I ran uh, three by mile uh, with uh, three by mile at uh, I think five oh eight pace uh, with a minute rest. So doing half marathon pace the entire time. So I think what what really changed it was like. Yeah, I'm doing indoor races, but like, I'm also adding a lot of really good volume. And uh, like, I do a 3K race, but at the end of the day, I end up getting like 15 or 16 miles out of it. So, and then the next day, I'll run another 14 mile day. So, I think that's how we were able to adapt and get pretty good mileage in. And, most of all, get to stay healthy. So, yeah, a week out now. I was going to say, how does it, uh, like, in, in your past buildups, I mean, you've run some races in in your buildups have you have you not uh let's see i've gotten hurt during it so uh before columbus i don't think i ran a race uh i was supposed to do the i was supposed to do the the what, dublin half marathon what is it called uh uh shamrock or i don't i forget what it's called uh so I was supposed to do a, a half marathon in Dublin in August, and I got hurt before that. I lost all of like August because of an injury. Uh, before Boston, I was supposed to do Shamrock Shuffle, and I got hurt before, like in 2019. Before Boston this year, I did the um, an 8K in August, and then got kind of hurt from there. So I've never actually had full like races throughout the season uh, because I've usually gotten hurt by the time that we wanted to do a check-in race. Uh, so this is the first time that's ever happened where I, one, I've stayed healthy for the entire thing and also that I've raced throughout the entire thing too. So for, for me being an inexperienced marathoner and you guys both having run your fair share, what do you guys do to help keep yourself from getting bored in your buildups? Because I feel like that is a wall that I've just recently hit that I'm just kind of tired of training for it. Like, and, and I think some of it is because I just do all my training on my own, which sucks. But like, I'm just getting kind of tired of running all the miles and stuff at this point in time. What do you guys do to combat that? Or is it just kind of the workouts? And if you're running well, it, it's better. And if I'd add variety. Uh, it's probably my biggest thing is like either finding new places or finding new people to run with or trying to find people to run with. Unfortunately, I think with with what uh, with you, you have me able to run with many people, if that, throughout this entire buildup. So if you're in a place where like you aren't running with anybody, I say try to find variety in some of your runs. Um, so like if it's not a workout day, um, or if it even is a workout day, do a workout in a different place. Go drive out like 30 minutes. And find like a nice place to like that you can knock out a workout out of the way. Um, I can't say that I, that 
I, I have any advice for the middle of the week stuff because that's the worst thing for me. Tuesdays and Thursdays are probably the worst probably for me because I get bored. Because it's a 10 or 12 mile run in the middle of the week that I'm not doing any kind of pace work. I'm just getting time on feet. I hate it. <laughs> what about you, Keen? I would say I, when I first moved to Columbus, I would pick like different landmarks or places I hadn't been to. Like if I had like a 10 mile run, I could just run there and I'd be like, okay, that was four miles. Then I can add on a little and run home. So it was like picking landmarks, running towards those, seeing new places. Um, running with friends is definitely super helpful. Uh, running at different times of the day, if that's possible, is helpful because it's like, okay, I'm going to get up early this day. I'm going to run over my lunch break on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I'm going to run after work. Um, I like switch it up that way. Um, and then podcasts or random playlists for music. I found one on Spotify that was like Friday night jigs or something. And it's just like music from like Friday night hits, not jigs. I'm like 90 years old over here. Um, <laughs> but that like just has music from like 2008 all the way to like now. Um, and so that's been like fun to listen to. And yeah, I do love podcasts too. So I've been listening to like the office podcast or um, our own podcast, um, other things like that. So um yeah, I think it's just kind of finding like what, like just things that can make it exciting, you know, like buy yourself like a cool beer and be like, I'm going to drink this after my run today and like get yourself hyped for random stuff. Um, that's kind of what I've, I've found the most useful. All right. Just yeah. I mean that it, it makes sense. Um, I would say, I think, I think the big thing for me is I've just had such a long time without running with people that it's, it, it's, I think just that is starting to wear on me just like yeah. getting out every day. And like, I run from my house all the time and there's really only like three or four places I can get to, to do significant mileage. So I'm running like the same five or six routes all the time. So I think, I think both of your advice of just kind of switching it up and, and maybe trying to see if I can find some people to run with and all that kind of stuff is things that I need to focus on doing better. Yeah. It's hard because it's so convenient to just like run out of your house and do your mileage. Um, but it does, it gets old after a while. So mm -hmm. I feel you. I'd say like, even, uh, like I found myself cause this was been, it's been a weird one for me because like, uh, I've had nobody to work out with at all, uh, where I've had it in the past. Like most of the guys in are, were pretty fit this time. I didn't, uh, I think the only person that's actually been willing, like would be willing. And that's actually a very reliable training partner would probably be Jamie and Jamie like had ran a marathon earlier this year. So his, he's going to be running Boston this next week, but his, like, uh, his training, he's been trying to get back from running Houston and doing Boston. So like our training has not matched up um, as well as it has in the past. Um, but like even even then it's like no, I have really nobody to run with or nobody wants to do long or nobody wants to do a workout. So like I've really enjoyed going out to Michigan and running with the boys up there. Uh, so like get a go out there, uh, even like grab a race or even get a long run with uh, Witty and 
Witty or Dietrich or I didn't get a chance to run with Witty this past this past uh past couple months, but getting Dietrich and and Zach on a long run on a Sunday where it's like, all right, we got to get a lot of miles, but at the very least, like I gotta have some friends to talk to, uh, and makes it actually bearable. Um, which is also in like these past problems that's helped too. Uh, yes, this past weekend I I had twelve to do and Olivier had twenty two to do. Uh, so I, I caught the last, uh, about 13 or something with him. It was like, okay, cool. Like I get to run with somebody that I enjoy talking to and I haven't talked to in a while. He's doing a 22 long run. So like, cool, I can, I can do that. Um, and it's, that's it, been the thing too, where like, uh, I've picked up people along the way. So like I have a 12 mile run in the middle of the week. I'll pick up, uh, I'll pick up the boy, uh, Michael, I'll pick him up. Like, I'll run two miles out to him, run six miles with him, and then I'll add the last couple of ones on my own. Or I'll pick up multiple people throughout the run. Um, thankfully, with, like, some of the guys here, like, if they're not doing very much high mileage, I can go run down to them three miles down, run, like, five or six miles with them, then add the other ones on my own. But at the very least, I have some people to talk to for a little bit of it. It's not awful. Uh, and that's been super helpful. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... Uh, it's it's hard it's really hard especially when you get into uh, a position where like you're just running uh running higher mileage or uh you have a different training plan than everybody else uh and trying to stay motivated and not getting bored uh because uh uh contrary to what instagram tells you uh running's not that fun all the time (laughs) it's actually kind of exhausting and monotonous and uh, I, I don't know. See, I, I think I think about that all the time. Like, of all the sports that I've found my way into being consistent in, like running is nice because it is a sport that you can do on your own and you can like just keep doing it. Like, if you wanted to keep playing basketball, like just pick up basketball and stuff, you have to find guys or girls to go play pick up basketball with. Like if you wanted to join like a rec league or whatever, or like any other sport, soccer, volleyball, softball, whatever it is. But like running, you can go just do it by yourself. But the practice for running might be the least fun practice of any sport ever. I, I don't know how many times like going into like workouts or just like regular runs that I could say I've like quote unquote had fun doing it. Like when I'm done with it, I always feel good about myself. Like, okay, I got out and I did it. And like sometimes when you have a really good workout, it's really exciting. But just like a day to day run, I, I don't know that I could say I have fun going out the door and running 10 miles easy pace very often. Maybe if I'm running with somebody, I I could have fun, but like just by myself, it's just, it's rarely something I would consider fun, but just the thrill of racing makes it worth it in the end. I don't know. It's just a weird, it's such a weird sport when I think about it. Yeah. Hot take. Um, Majority of running days aren't that fun. It's not like with like basketball where like if you're practicing, get a shoot and like making a basket's cool. (laughs) Like that's hyped up. Or like if you're, you're practicing like, for baseball and like hitting a ball like that's there's that adrenaline that comes with that and like with running it's just like okay so i'm gonna be running two minutes slower than my race pace but i gotta do it uh and if i'm if you're doing it alone it's like awful like if you're just running alone or like let's say you're running alone consistently you don't have any music any podcasts or any people to talk to it's like it sucks (laughs) 
But yeah, as far as uh, as far as that, I think uh, I think we got we got pretty much our updates pretty much covered. Um, let's close this out with some questions. Nicole decided to uh, say hi. I'm here, and I I want to uh, tell you guys about or have you guys think about some questions. So um, here we go. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for your questions. Nicole, if you got here, if you listen to this, we appreciate you. Um, hi, Ray. You might be listening too. I don't know if uh, if if uh, if Nicole gives her headphones to Ray or headset to Ray to listen to. But if you do, give give it to Ray. Tell her I said hi. I'll see you this weekend. Uh, Nicole asked, "What is the latest mile in a marathon where you should realistically stop trusting farts?" Mile point two five. Toss it out. I was going to say, I don't know. I haven't done one yet, but uh, I would I would say that you should probably not trust one at all during a marathon just to be on the safe side. I've already heard, I, I haven't even run a marathon and I've talked to people who have run marathons and I've already heard horror stories about people pooping themselves and just keeping running. And I like, at that point I'm done. If, if it happens, I'm done. Fuck it. I'm out of here. Like, I better nope. be like, I better be like winning the Boston Marathon. I would say unless I'm cooking, unless I'm cooking and like this is a huge PR, like, nope, I'm done. Sorry, I'm out of here. Not worth it. Not going to have hundreds of people. (laughs) I can't hear it. Mike's in the background like, what the hell? (laughs) Go mile 10. Mile 10 is is where I'm putting it. Mile 10? How much do you fart during races, Chris? So what what is so keen? What uh, where, what's the latest mile you're trusting? Because I'm saying ten on my end. I said uh point two five. I'm kind of on Brent's side. We're like I would I don't know that yeah. I just would ever. You just can't. You can't trust it. You never know when it's gonna betray you. You know what? I'll say I might give it three miles because I think if you had like a very minor accident, you could come back from that. But, like, if you're late in the game, I think at that point your body is so, like, tired and stuff that if, if you wanted to, to trust that, I, I don't think you would have a shot at it. So, I think a three... Uh, I'll give it a couple s- miles. I'll say three miles. I say, like, early miles. Like, if it's just like, okay, it's like my stomach hurts, it's fine. But, like, as soon as ten hits, like, you've had ten miles on you, and if your stomach's still bubbling, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's where it's like, okay, we're, we're fucked today. Like... We're done. We're done here. Um, I got a question because I don't know if Max is going to listen to this, or, but I'm going to assume so. But this might be a question for you. Would you rather spend six years in prison or six years handcuffed to Mr. Braden Gates? And I'm going to go with six years uh, handcuffed to Braden Gates because I don't want to be in prison. And uh, I'll, I'll deal with uh, the, uh, the weirdness that will come with living a life with Braden Gates. Um, Nicole again asked, "What is the worst marathon song?" Or I guess for you, Brent, what is the worst song that's played at a, at a meet in general? Um, the the one song that threw me off when I was at a meet, even though I didn't run poorly, um. When I was in high school, one of the few indoor meets that I actually ran at, we had a, I ran a 3200 the one day, 
and Party in the USA came on as soon as the race was about to start, and it had been like kind of pumped no, up music. You can't... Up. So I'm not saying that it's a bad song, but it was like the music that was playing before was more like okay, like I can get like hyped to this, and it was just like a mood change song. So it like threw me off a little bit. I still ran well, but then the next day I came back and ran a four by eight, and as my leg was about to go off. Same thing. It was like good, like pump up music, whatever. And then Party in the USA came on again as I got the baton. And I was like, well, this is just, this is just, just threw me off a little bit. Again, I didn't run bad, but it was just out of the, out of the ordinary. But I'm thinking. I don't know. That sounds like it's your song. I'm just, it, I'm just throwing it, it out be. there. Did he put your hands <laughs> up as soon as he got the baton? My hands up. Yeah, I, I just threw it up. But but as soon as you asked the question initially, I just thought you meant like in general what song. And the first song song that came to my head was "In the Arms of an Angel," like the one with all the sad puppies, sad yeah, puppy commercial. Really that would be sad. like real, real bad. Like halfway into a marathon. Sarah McLaughlin. Oh my god. And uh, yeah, Sarah McLaughlin just singing you "In the Arms of an Angel," and you're just sad now. Kim, so that's the worst it? thing I could think. What you got is like worst marathon song. I, I don't know that I, I can't think of one right now. Um, Any big, big cliche songs that you're just like, uh, I don't, it's ever done. The song, the song that annoyed me at wine glass, the, um, do you know the song that's like, we're going to have a good day and all my troubles going to rot, something like that. I know what song you're talking about, but I can't think of it. So at the very end, it's this guy like trying to start his car. And he's like, come on, man, not today, not today. And it goes on for like 45 seconds. And I couldn't figure out how to change it in my headphone. And it was just like, I can't ever listen to this song again while I'm running. (laughs) It was horrible. I'd say, I'll say that one, one, one other song that I hear at like 5Ks and stuff is the Black Eyed Peas, I've Got a Feeling. That Hate song it. drives me nuts at races too. I hear Hate that song sometimes, and I'm like, "This, this is not like a pump up song. Like, I get it; it's like a kind of a feel good song, but like, this is a more like vibing before you go out drinking kind of song. Versus, don't play this when I'm running. Yeah, uh, Born to Run, I'll throw it on there. I'm sorry, I just I don't know. I'd rather have something more, more pumped up. Give me some rap. Give me some knuck if you buck. Give me some clips. We're fine. Uh, just, yeah, I don't even care what the lyrics say. Just give me a beat that's upbeat. So, uh, real quick before the next question. Give me what's 180 the best, beats a minute. What's the best pump-up song that you've had on the start line coming into a race? I listen to the same song at the beginning of every race. Um it is called Ready to Go by Republica. It's a song from Top Tail Dragster for Cedar Point. I don't know why that song just amps me up. <laughs> it's been such a long time since I've like consistently listened to music before racing. Like I, I race like once a year now. So I'm like trying to reach back into my brain and figure out what songs that I used to listen to. Um, Animal I Have Become by Three Days Grace was always one that would make its way into my rotation. Um, same thing with Monster by Skillet. 
there's like the same song but different bands but those two were always um those are the two that come to my head first off mine will probably be and i have an instinct memory of this it was a rose media invite in 2009 and they played tnt on the start line and they had like i love the start of that song because it's like that guttural like or like it's just a chant to start off with i'm like that's exactly what i want uh, that or uh, uh, the game part two from Bombs and Bottles is like a big one for me. That or DY's uh, Shooter McGavin, which is like a remix of uh, uh, Childish Gambino's Freaks and Geeks. Like that's what I like. I need to be, I need to be confident. I need to feel like I'm gonna take over the world. Um, if next, if if ahead. they played X, gonna give it to you right before I started. I think that would get me super hyped too. If they put "Grindin'" by Cliffs, like give that 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 beat, do 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 do, like just start like I'm like okay, all right, we're good. Or uh, or uh, it's me, bitches, or uh, by Swiss Beats. Any Swiss Beats beat, I'll take. Um, next up, uh, what will your race day outfit be? That's really uh, cool again. It- is is that the actual kit or is that like everything so i got my kit i just got my kit in the mail today so shout out to backline and this is actually not this has not been planned uh nicole actually sent that as a message uh yeah i got mine today so i got my backline kit uh shorts i don't know uh i'm gonna check how the tracksmith shorts look in combination with that kit uh so yeah. What are you wearing for shoes, Brent? Um, so I had bought a pair of Sauconies a while ago, um, but I've I've tried running in them a couple times, and my feet cannot adjust to them, like, outside of three miles. Like, after three miles, my feet just start to burn in them. So I think I'm just going to go... I have Saucony Type A9s that I've raced my half, both my halves in. So I think I'm probably just going to roll with those. Um I've had Brent, some there, success with those in some of my workouts and stuff. Uh, Brent, there is a... The next percents are up there for $146 right now. They're off. They're $100 off. Like, right now. Like, I'm just saying... It's running... I, I like The endorphin pros have been really weird for me recently in my like my buildup. Like, I've had them and it did kind of hurt. Um, they kind of got really hot. I had like little hot spots on it, but the next percents have been incredible for me. They're the best shoes I've ever worn. Yeah, but that's I, that's been a problem. I feel like I've been having having with like trying some of the new shoes because I tried the Hoka's, I tried a different type of like Saucony trainers, and now the Endorphin Pros. Like my feet after like three miles, three and a half miles, like my feet feel like they're burning. Like the pads of my feet start to hurt. Like burning like my little toes feel like they're burning so like i i don't know if it's just how those shoes are made or i just have to continue working to get used to them more they always feel really good for those three miles but yeah um i'm just gonna i had a workout with them i I had a workout with them two weeks ago and i like with my endorphin pro ones and they felt like my feet were burning um so i've had that too haven't had that with the next percents. Keen, you've had the next percents too, right? 
Yeah, I did wine glass in them as my like first official marathon. Um, and then I did the half in them. And then before that, I was in the New Balance uh, fuel, <coughs> RC Elite fuel cell. So yeah. I'll be running in the next person this time. Keen, what are you... Uh, but as, so... as far as the rest of the kit goes, yeah, I'll, I'll wear the the backline jersey uh, for our, our crew. And then I just have... I'm, I'm actually going to wear compressions because um, I've done some of my long runs in them and they, they feel comfortable. So I'm going to go with long compressions and they're the ones that have a, like a zipper pocket on the back. So any of the nutrition that I might bring along, I can stick back there. So it should be fine. Cool. We'll be there cheering you on. We have a uh, pretty big group at, at Velocity, so. I think we're gonna have like 15 people watching, at the very least. Keen, uh, any, uh, anything special you're wearing for, uh, for Velocity? Um, I'll have my Oak jersey on. Um, I haven't decided between the crop and the full tank um i'm definitely doing compression socks um i've been running in those um now just with the cap issue um i go back and forth on wearing compression socks in races so this time i'll be wearing them and then um yeah it should be it next percents probably some lululemon type shorts and yeah, maybe a hat if it's raining. Who knows? What spectator sign do you hope to see? What do you not hope to see? Again, another Nicole question. I want to see a dog. Um, sign. Give me a dog. Sign. I want to see a dog sign. Dog. Some kind of dog. I was going to say, I want to see the sign. Uh, that they sometimes show like the the little kids holding with the Super Mario like one up mushroom on it. I want to smack the hell out of one of those signs to get my one up mushroom and and feel better about myself. Uh, worst worst uh worst marathon sign unquestionably for me. You're almost done. Fuck you. Fuck you. I don't want to hear that. I, I, I'm not almost done. Even if it's like a mile to go, it doesn't feel great. Or all this for a free banana. That one's annoying. <laughs> yeah, or like, I don't know, I've, I've seen the ones that are like, oh, do it for the beer or something like that. Don't be, like, cheesy. I'd rather just have you have a sign that says, way to go, or keep it up. I like a go team. Go team. Just something generic would be really hilarious to me. Just like, go team. All good with that. Finally. Finally, last question of the day. Uh, and this is from uh, my buddy, the Pace Pusher. Uh, shouts to him. I think he actually, like, mile 26 of the NYC Marathon. Uh, I think he has some kind of connection to uh, to uh, Michelob, where they handed him a beer, and I think he chugged it, like, at mile 26 of the NYC Marathon. So I was like, if I got a beer at that point, I cleared it across the line, and I chug a beer at the finish line. So the question was I'd be so him, excited if someone gave me a Michelob at that point. 
you're point two away. You can chug it. Or vomit, yeah. and it'd be great. Hammer it on. Uh, so, the question is, if you could chug a beer at the top of Heartbreak Hill. Heartbreak Hill happens at mile 21, by the way. Uh, mile 2021, by the way, Brent. But if you could chug a beer at the top of Heartbreak Hill, what beer would you drink? Or what beer would you chug? I mean, with the thought process that I would still have five, six miles to go, I feel like I have to choose something light that I could get down. So in all honesty, I might chug like a Michelob Ultra because it's pretty light. And as far as light beers go, it's fine. Um, it'd probably be something different at the end. But yeah, with at, at that point, getting up the hill and being exhausted and knowing I still had to quite a ways to go, it, it'd be something light like that. I'd vote Michelob Ultra too. Now that I'm on team Michelob Ultra, I gotta, you know, I gotta support him. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! And and, uh, and it seems like this is a uh, like this is a planned uh, advertising spot. Uh, but you know, I, I I'm not gonna do that. Uh, at the top of the hill, I'm drinking. Um, I'm drinking only one beer, and that's uh, Nano Dogs. Fibonacci six pack. Fibonacci six pack is gonna be released next week at uh, Nano Dog. Um, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's not gonna be Fibonacci six pack. I just want to give a shout out to my buddy uh, who gave me this. But uh, I think for me, it would probably be uh, some kind of blogger. Like if I had like uh, a yeah, if I had some kind of like a was it Vice of Honor like original or like Vice Runner Hefeweizen at the top of it. Like that'd be pretty easy to chug. Just take that down. Uh, some kind of easy drinking lager. Maybe a Pivo Pills. Maybe a, uh, a Firestone Walker like uh, uh, Blonde Ale. Like I'll take that. That'd be easy to chug for me. But uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, I, I've always wanted to be able to like just enjoy the race and chug beer while I'm racing, uh, it's not gonna happen this year because I'm hoping for a good one. But uh, yeah, so that's what that's that's one thing that I do want to try to do once w- whether I get to Boston or not, or if you know I end up running Boston as like my last serious marathon. I just want to go run a marathon and just like have fun during it and just just shenanigans during it. Like, okay, throw me a beer. I'll chug a beer at mile thirteen. Like, it's fine. Nicole did that last year, and I'm so jealous. Like, she chugged a beer, had a piece of sushi on the way there. I'm like, fuck, that'd be great. Like, I would love to be able to just, like, race, go up, and, like, I don't know, kiss, like, actually kiss a Wellesley uh, Scream Tunnel girl, and then keep going. That'd be awesome. Uh, I did all that in 2019, Chris. (sighs) Made out with a girl, chugged a beer. Michael, I didn't do that. <laughs> I like, hey, we're dating. We're dating. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't dating. It's <laughs> amazing. I think I could actually cut my audio out so I could hear the reaction to that. <laughs> That's so good. It's going to be on there. <clears throat> I said, maybe, maybe I'll do that up in Cleveland, my hometown marathon. I'll just go 
do shenanigans in there next year. Uh, I'll be out there for the Cleveland Marathon this year. Uh, we have some friends running it, so I'll be out there. There's somebody on the Pelotonia course that hands out PVRs, so I always try Chambers. to do her while biking, which is definitely illegal, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so... Uh, Isn't it yeah. technically a motorized vehicle or whatever? Yeah, you could you could get a DUI on a bicycle. Yeah, exactly. You can't get a DUI on a tricycle, though. Don't bike and... Don't drink and bike, people. Don't yeah. drink and bike. Alright, well, uh... I think we're done for the show tonight. And, uh, yeah. So, Brent, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams and the Twitters, uh, at Hunter Runner. Um, if you want to play some Xbox video games with me, Little Hunter 5. If you're interested in watching me stream video games, which I do from time to time, look me up on Twitch, The Runner 515. Keen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Keen underscore for run. Um, also on Twitter. I don't really tweet a lot. Very active on Strava. Um, and then you can find me on Big Farm at Kbug09. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at PearsonMiles.com. I actually have an article that I'm going to be actually put out. Uh, I'm working on it. I mean, it's actually almost done. PearsonMiles.com. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything that I'm on right now. If, uh, if you want to follow me on Big Farm, I'm Big Beer Pharma. Uh, and I have to go because I need, because uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, yeah, where are you going, a, Chris? Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Chris, at eight, where are you going? So, yeah, so there was something written on, uh, on the Boston Globe. There's a virtual dating event for Boston Marathon runners and enthusiasts. So I'm going to do this. Uh, for shenanigans, and I'll report back. So, we'll go from there. So, I need to go, and I need to get ready. So, I will talk Wait, to you guys later. Talk, okay, what are you going to wear? Are you going to put a bow tie on? Tell us. Oh, I will. I it's I got I got Send us seven minutes. I got seven minutes. I will. I will. Okay. This All right. is going to be the quickest, quickest, quickest costume change ever. ever. <laughs>